0: What is up, people? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy. Today's episode is a little different. Instead of bringing on someone that I think can have an awesome conversation with me in the world of performance and mental health and all the other things we talk about, I'm doing a solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a while, so I'm excited. And what is the occasion, you might ask? Well, I am doing a digital detox for the entire month of November. Today is November 6th, so I've been doing it almost a week now. I thought this would be a good time to make an episode about it, keep you guys in the loop as to what's going on, and hopefully um, start a conversation around something that I think is super important and that hopefully can help other people as well. So what is a digital detox? Um, For me, it is taking a radical change in the way I use technology. So for the whole month of November, I am not using social media. I'm not using Instagram. I'm not watching YouTube videos on uh, YouTube. (laughs) I'm not listening to podcasts. I'm not Googling anything that um, isn't work-related and uh, all the other things. No dating apps, no other miscellaneous random games, nothing. No phone usage, basically, unless it's work-related or if I'm contacting a family member something like that. It's a dramatic change. And for me, this is the only way because I had some dramatic issues I wanted to work through. So why do a digital detox? For me, I couldn't focus on one thing at a time. Like um, when I really wanted to focus on work or some project at hand, or if I just wanted to sit and have a really good dinner conversation with someone, I would literally feel myself have a tick to... um, reach for my phone, and I know so many people can relate to that. I love this quote by this philosopher. I'm going to butcher his name. His last name is Thibaut, but he has this amazing quote. It says, quote, "The challenge of our time is relearning how to concentrate. The past decade has seen an unparalleled assault on our capacity to fix our mind steadily on anything. To sit still and think without succumbing to an anxious reach for a machine has become almost impossible." end quote, "I can't resonate with that more." And then Cal Newport says, quote, the urge to check social media becomes a nervous twitch that shatters uninterrupted time into shards too small to support the presence necessary for an intentional life, end quote. So basically, you know, you have your, your focus, you're trying to focus on something, but you have these twitches to reach for, um, phone, text message, whatever you're looking for. I'm, I'm basically talking about myself here. And when you try to come back to whatever you're trying to focus on, your your focus has been basically you have to restart it over and over and over. And with me checking my phone every two minutes, five minutes, even 10 minutes, those 10 minute chunks aren't enough to really dive into an intentional life, as Cal Newport puts it. And so that was a huge catalyst for me noticing, wow, I can't really focus on what I want to focus on. I would say even more importantly, my mental health really started to fall by the wayside. Uh, I would place a lot of that on social media Instagram in particular I mean my brands on social media I run other people's accounts on social medias I help other people with their brands so my connection to this like dopamine feeding machine and Instagram got really unhealthy um, with Instagram there's a lot of inspiration that can be drawn and I love connecting with really awesome people but in that it really it, it really sparks this sense of constant comparison game like I'm not the first person to say this but like when you're on social media you know 10 to 20 times a day 10 to 20 times a day you're seeing what other people are doing with their lives that is their absolute highlight reel and for me that i could be doing amazing things in my career my profession my personal life but there's always someone doing more and so it definitely put this sense of inadequacy in the background in my mind that just wasn't healthy Um, it made me anxious just checking my phone so many times looking at a screen so many times just naturally created more anxiousness that i felt like i didn't want to be feeling um, and I didn't feel like I had control with my relationship with my device, which was probably the, the worst part. Like I didn't feel like I was in the driver's seat. I didn't feel like when I was reaching for the phone, it was because I genuinely wanted to as more like, this is just what I do when I have two seconds to breathe or when I'm in a line or when I'm at a stoplight, like it didn't feel conscious. And that made me feel really gross. It made me feel addictive, uh, like an addict. And, um, you know, feelings of addict addiction have been something I've struggled with in the past, and nothing too severe, but like an addictive behavior can feel really taxing on the mind. And so I really started to feel that with the phone. And then I felt like a hypocrite. I mean, my podcast is so much about mental health. My my Instagram page, I try to share as much tools and information as and perspectives from things I learned from other awesome people that can help me with my mental health, that can help you with your mental health. But then here I was. Very much addicted to Instagram and to my phone, and and basically feeding into this machine of a, a toxic mental health phenomenon. Um, and so I felt like a hypocrite. And despite all this, despite my mental health falling by the wayside, despite the fact that I couldn't really focus on anything, I didn't really do anything about it. I really tried to follow these hacks and tips and tricks, tick, trips and tick. T- what am I saying? Tips and tricks. Despite everything, you know, like I tried, I tried to set app limits. I know so many people. I've talked about this. Like we set app limits, app limits on our phone. Like I can only use Instagram for thirty to an hour a day, but that never worked for me. I always would just click, you know, remind me later, remind me later, or ignore for fifteen minutes or whatever that says. That just became a twitch as well. Uh, I tried deleting the Instagram app. And I tried to, but then I would just like either be on YouTube more, like listening to podcasts too much. Um, I would just, I would be continually feeding my mind with stuff and it wasn't healthy. And and then I would just delete the app of Instagram and then re-download it whenever the urge became too strong. And so despite my focus, despite my mental health, all these tips, tricks, nothing worked. And it wasn't until reading Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport that it was the first time I had read a just incredible, comprehensive, deep dive on the dangers of present day technologies on mental health. And, and Cal Newport does a crazy job of laying out how much happier we may be if we simply evaluated the way we use these things. If, if we took a step back and really measured, okay, what is the positives and what is the negatives here? He lays out just how powerful these devices are, um, how they were engineered, and he encouraged a dramatic change to work on a major issue. Like for me, I was, I was, I was throwing these small changes, these small tricks, at a huge issue, and that's why nothing worked for me. App limits, deleting the app, these are small things I tried to do to basically counteract this big addiction, and what Cal Newport does is is really lay out the fact that, no, this is going to take a major effort to work on a major problem, Uh, and that's why I'm doing this for the month of November. So again, doing a digital detox, no Instagram, no texting, no podcast, no YouTube, no TV, no Netflix, nothing. But I just want to say I'm just starting this digital detox. I don't want to put myself on like some fake pedestal acting like I know know, how great anti-technology life can be because that's not what this is. This is me feeling incredibly infected by technology in my own life, feeling the negative changes strongly enough to want to make a change. And this is me basically documenting why I'm starting this, what compelled me to start this. And uh, and basically just relay my hopes, my experience, and by the end of this month, I'm hoping to make another episode on this as to how it went. So I just want to be clear. I'm not coming from a place of like, I'm right, you're wrong. This is me just trying to be as transparent and open and like, I'm trying this, I'm seeing how it works, uh, and I'm excited to see how it goes. So let's get into this. Uh, I got some notes that I wrote down on points I want to hit on this episode, basically things that just compelled me to start. So one of the big things... In the book, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. I want to say, I just, I railed through this book. I read it in like a week and it's like a 300 page book and I never read that fast. So this book was just so good. I can't recommend it enough. But in this book, he talks about how powerful these devices are. They are so much more powerful than we think. There's this quote by a Google engineer, Tristan Harris. He's He's one of the early Google engineers who basically helped create these things that we use every day now and he's quoted in the book saying to Cal Newport he says quote they are programming people there's a narrative that technology is neutral and we just get to decide how to use it but that is just not true end quote and this really like resonated with me I'm like okay there's this thing this is what the conversation usually is when this comes up in my friend group it's like yeah there's good there's bad but like it's just about how you use it And, and literally one of the engineers behind these apps that we use every day says, no, these are programming you. These apps are basically designed to manipulate people into spending more time on them. Um, Tristan, the same guy says, it's like a slot machine in your pocket. And every time you check it, it's the same thrill of wondering how much money you make and it's seeing how much instead of money, it's how many likes you got, how many people tagged you, how many people, um, whatever it is. Instead of money, it's these little red notifications that says someone likes you. Their engagement goes up, their shareholders are happy, and they essentially make more money. So they are literally um, trying to get us to spend as much time on these apps. And they are literally studying the the dopamine and the psychology of slot machines to make that happen. There's more I want to hit on this. Um, he writes about... The hard-to-predict nature of posting and seeing how much feedback you get is addictive like gambling. Quote, there's something about uncertainty that causes our brains to release dopamine, the feel-good chemical, end quote. And that's something I resonated with so much, man. Like... through this digital detox, I'm only a weekend, but I have been posting on social media um, with an auto poster called later.com. And that has been extremely helpful for me in allowing my work to get out there. I'm still sharing what I want to share. I feel like it's a good message. So I'm still putting it out there, but to not have the apps to not be checking is releasing. I feel like the addictive part for me, a lot of the addictive part was posting something and seeing the engagement, you know, putting something on my story and seeing who responded. It's like this it's this guessing game. Ooh, who's thinking of me that literally is, um, preying on our brains a bit. Like we want social approval. We want feedback and, and they know that. And that was a, maybe this isn't new to you, but for me to read this in such scientific matter of factness from people who designed the apps just made me feel gross and violated. And like, but also validated in that it's not always my fault. A lot of people feel like they're lazy or that they don't have willpower, that, you know, I just can't get myself off this app. There must be something wrong with me. No, these apps are literally designed to keep you on there. So it's pretty crazy. The founder of Facebook, Sean Parker, is quoted in the book to say, quote, uh, he's a a co-founder, by the way, Quote, it's a social validation feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing a hacker like myself would come up with because you're now exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. End quote. Literally, the co-founder of Facebook said this. And then they wrap up by saying, you know, social media is like the new smoking. It's addictive. It's like, it's, it's something that you think is harmless, but then once you're deep in it, it's not really your fault that you can't quit smoking on the drop of a dime. It's, it's addictive. It's, it's created for that sense. They put in the book, um, you know, these, these people that create these apps are like the new tobacco industry. And that was very validating for me to see again, just to feel like, okay, maybe it wasn't my willpower. Maybe it wasn't that I was just weak and have an addictive personality. Um, It likely is the fact that these apps are designed for this. And so that, one, made me feel validated, but also made me feel like, okay, change needs to be made. And so if you're addicted to these platforms, these apps like I am, uh, I recommend you just take a look at it, become aware of it. He defines addiction in the book. Addicted means a condition in which a person engages in use of a substance or in a behavior for which the rewarding effects provide compelling incentive to repeatedly pursue the behavior despite Detrimental consequences. All that to say, addiction is basically when you feel compelled to do something despite its negative consequences. So you know the you know the effects of social media on your mental health. You know it makes you anxious. You know it makes you uh, play the self comparison game. You know it makes you a little bummed, but you don't do anything about it. That's an addiction, a little bit. So that for me was you know a wake up call. Like, hey, Max, you are addicted. You might not think you are, but you are. And so what does he recommend in this? He, remen- he recommends, Cal Newport recommends in the book, Digital Minimalism, he recommends that you do a digital detox, completely, completely rid yourself of technology for 30 days to basically reset your brain. And this was a hard pill for me to swallow. I was like, I can't do this. You know, I have a podcast. I have a brand. I, I help other people with their brands. There's too much going on here. Um, but he goes on to say, you know, you're going to go through withdrawals. You're going to notice the role it played in your life. But you're essentially going to press the reset button on your relationship with technology. You're going to reconnect with the things that are most important to your actual life and well-being, without the constant, you know, self-comparison. The idea is that. You'll find ways to fill the boredom that you may be filled with social media instead of podcast listening to podcasts all the time. The irony is that I'm recording a podcast right now, but instead of maybe listening to podcasts every second of every day like I did, uh, maybe now I'm listening to more music, which has been a gift and it's allowing me to process a little more. It's made me have more ideas. It's allowing me to think about my own life rather than other people's lives all the time. Uh, it's it's forcing me to be more useful with my time, which is what he says is a good you know benefit of this. And and the idea, as he puts it, is after the 30 days, you've kind of gone through this detox period. You've you've reestablished what's really important for you in your life. You've established what you actually like to do besides just sitting and scrolling. He says uh, after these 30 days, the idea is that you have a choice as how to reintegrate tech into your life, and that's really what. I'm doing this for is I want to have a choice in this. I want to have a say in my relationship with technology. I don't want to be the passenger to addiction because of how powerful these apps can be. So I want to have a choice as to how I use these, what kind of containers I allow myself to use these in. Uh, And I feel like a 30 day detox is just a really good idea. It's going to push me. It's making me super uncomfortable. I didn't want to do it, but I had to walk the walk. I couldn't be a hypocrite. So um, I think. He lays it out really perfectly in this book and that how powerful just a detox can be in returning to these things with a basically a new sense of what they really did. Because when you take away something for a long time, you really recognize what its role in your life was. The first three days for me without Instagram, I noticed like I just pulled out my phone every every time I got even a slight of boredom, my phone was out and I was looking for that app. And it was kind of disturbing, but uh, having set up such strict rules in that I wasn't going to use it for 30 days kind of freed me and allowing me to like, I don't even have to think whether or not I'm going to download it. There's no question. I'm not going to download it. Um, but I really am becoming aware of like, okay, there's a lot of time throughout the day that I would have reached for this. And now I'm finding new creative ways to fill that time. And maybe these are more helpful. And maybe after the 30 days, I'll stick with this, you know, so super healthy you know just a 30-day detox period that he recommends and if you're like me when I first started reading this and he he recommended the 30 days I was just like you know that's just too much there's no way I can do 30 days that's just too dramatic like who does he think I am like some monk like I can't just give up technology Um, and it's not about giving up technology it's about the, the optional uses of technology. So I still use maps to get around. I still text clients and family and phone call family and people actually in my life. And, um, I'm still posting using a, a desktop poster. I still, you know, I still do stuff for my clients. Um, I'm still using technology. It's just the optional technology, all this stuff that like, if I didn't use this, my job, I wouldn't lose my job. And I wouldn't like lose contact with my the people I actually spend time with. Um, but he says it has to be this dramatic. Like 30 days may seem dramatic, but it has to be because, quote, small changes are not enough to fix our big issue with new technologies, end quote. So there's it's a big issue. And you're facing these apps that are preying on our psychology. We can't just add ticks, uh, tricks and hacks that usually don't work. You know, like the addictive energy is too strong with these things, that we need to take major action, we need to take commitment to change, um, which will be uncomfortable at first, but it's what's necessary if we kind of want to regain our autonomy in using these devices. So I'm going to try to wrap this up here. What am I hoping to get out of this? And I just want to say one more time, I get a little insecure that I don't want <laughs> to put myself on a pedestal. I'm not trying to say like I know all, I'm just trying to re- relay the information from this book that really resonated with me, the points that really resonated with me uh, and hope that maybe they touch the people they're supposed to touch. So in wrapping this up, what are my hopeful benefits out of this 30-day digital detox? Um, I loved this quote. Quote, reduce the time spent online to better focus on a small number of high-value activities. End quote. For me, this means like, okay, if I can stop focusing on these small technologies that break my focus? What are the few things that really make my life a lot better? And for me, that's things like podcasting, doing filming, doing writing, reading, working out, spending time with people, time outside, you know, completely unplugged leisure time, like time when I can just take time for myself that's not disturbed by the pinging of Instagram. Like that's the important stuff that I'm I'm really excited to be touching back into. Um, More helpful, hopeful benefits out of this, I want to continue to decide how I live my life. Like I don't want to be led or pulled by my addictive tendency to be short-term thinking or to be checking my phone all the time. I want to be the driver's seat of my life. And that's super important for me. It's always has been. And, and when I see something hindering on my freedom, something as simple as a phone, like I want to be careful of that. So I'm working on that. I want to produce better quality work than ever. Like I want to I want to create the best work I've ever created. That's something I've, I have always try to hold myself to that standard and I feel like this commitment to deeper focus will definitely help that. I want to read more. I buy more books than I could read and I feel like not scrolling on Instagram when I'm bored might lead me to reading more, which will be great. I want to meditate more. I want to journal more. I want to feel more rested. Um, I want to daydream. I want to use my imagination. I don't want to fill up every second of dead time with stimulation via social media and podcasts, which... I definitely fall victim to doing like I'm always putting headphones in, always trying to learn and that can become too much. So I'm really excited to stop that and to really just like go inward with my personal development and, and see how this month goes in that respect. I want to have more consistent bedtime routines, like, and wake up routines. So for me, my most addictive time with the phone was right before bed. And there's signs to this, you know, like when our, body gets fatigued, our mind gets fatigued, when we've had a full day of making decisions and doing work and working out and all these things, the willpower by nighttime is kind of diminished. So you have very little willpower at nighttime. And for me, I felt that dramatically. So right before bed, you know, I would check my last thing on Instagram and that often would turn into one hour of scrolling for me. So one hour of scrolling before me, which meant that is one hour of sleep I didn't get. That is one hour of you know a, a wind-out bedtime routine I didn't get. That's one hour of putting myself in a sympathetic stress response state for an hour right before bed. So the ripple effects of me scrolling for an hour before bed had on my sleep, uh, my sleep quality, my mental health, my mental well-being was becoming substantial. And so I'm excited to have a healthy, consistent bedtime routine It's only been a week of doing this detox and I already feel the benefits. I've been waking up feeling more refreshed. I've been going to bed a little earlier because I haven't had an hour of scrolling. I've been stretching a little bit before bed, maybe doing light reading. And in doing those things, I usually get tired of doing those things after like 10 minutes. Uh, And so I go to bed real fast. Whereas with the phone and scrolling, one hour can often feel like it was just like a blink of an eye. I'm like, oh my gosh, an hour went by. So... That's been great. Waking up and not checking Instagram right away has been great. I tried to not do that even beforehand, but as many people know, you could try to set up those rules with yourself and it's easy to break because that addictive energy can be very strong. Um, I want to force myself to make new relationships and go to things and talk to actual people, which as a, a natural introvert that tries to be extroverted, that can be tough for me. It can be much easier to reach out to people on Instagram and to make connections that way. But this is a cool experiment for me in trying to get out more than ever, go to events, again, just meet new people in person and see how that works. Uh, and I want to stop comparing myself to people every single day. And I'm comparing myself to like friends and people that I genuinely love and people that I think are doing awesome things in the world. And I really appreciate and love that they're doing awesome things. And But I want to Get a healthy relationship with that, and I want to be comparing myself. So, those are the big, the big benefits that I noted. That I'm excited to see how these unfold. So that's that. That's the digital detox. I'm making this episode. I mean, maybe you want to join me. Maybe you don't. But if you decide to join me in a digital detox of your own, what I would say is make rules for what you will not use for that. 30 day, 2 week period, whatever you decide to do, make rules. So ensure success by making the rules clearly defined, black and white. For me that helps me so much. Like I made rules like no Instagram, no podcast, no TV, no email unless on my computer, no no dating apps, no mindless Google searching. Google searching nothing. I made exceptions where needed. This is an important part. So for Instagram I have to be able to share my work. I wouldn't have been able to do this if I if I thought it was going to hurt my work. So for me, I made an exception. Okay, I can post on Instagram from my laptop, from an auto so, uh, software posting called later.com. If I can post my work through that, I feel like I won't be falling behind work-wise. I have clients that I help them with their brand, their social media. I need to be able to help them with those. So that is an exception I've made. Um, if I can use it for work, like I have to be able to do my job, but nothing else. And those are exceptions I've made. Um, I've made an exception on TV and streaming like, you know, Netflix and stuff. I will not watch TV. I will not watch Netflix unless it's like a social event. So if I'm with my two roommates and it's a Saturday night and we are all just bored as hell and we want to watch a movie together, I'm totally, I think that's cool because it's a social thing. So if you decide to join me in this, I would say two things: make ex- uh, very specific rules for what you will not use for the 30-day period, and be harsh on yourself. Like try to make this as uncomfortable as possible. Anything that's optional that won't harm your job, your schoolwork, whatever it is you do, I would try to cut it out. But number two is you know make exceptions where needed so that you can stick with this. One way to ensure failure is to make unrealistic rules for yourself. Um, and so for me, you know, allowing myself to post with, um, an auto soft, an auto posting software, or with a, if you guys have been following me on Instagram, you see, I still have stories going up every once in a while. That is actually my buddy Tyler, who is acting as my assistant for the month while I take my digital detox. He's been awesome. So, I still have work going up, I still have things going up, but I'm actually not on the platform myself. So that is an exception I made and then, you know, something like I can watch TV if in a social setting really has helped me. So I really invite whoever thinks they could benefit of this. I mean, I think everybody could, but I know it's not Everybody's maybe not in the same place as I am right now, or people maybe just have a healthier relationship with social media. But if you feel like you have a unhealthy relationship with social media or with podcasts or YouTube videos or TV or whatever, anything technology wise, I recommend doing a dramatic lifestyle change just for a couple of weeks, maybe thirty days, and and really see like what else will my life look like if I didn't use these things so much. You know, really start to dive back into passions of yours, maybe. Like I, I really have been feeling it already. I'm listening to more music, which has sparked a lot more creativity in me. I've been thinking a lot more. I have more ideas. I genuinely feel like the work that I'm doing is going to be higher quality than ever because I'm being more methodical with what I actually put out. Um, I'm using auto software, (laughs) posting, auto posting software. So it's going to be very, um, methodical in the way I do it. It's not going to be so impulsive. So I think that'll actually help the quality and the work that I produce. Um, Yeah, and I just invite anybody who takes their mental health serious to consider it. I recognize that I'm being a a bit hypocritical and recording a podcast about the fact that I'm taking a break from social media and podcasts. And I recognize that I'm hypocritical for posting on Instagram when I'm not going to be on Instagram all month. And I'm still posting on my stories when I'm actually not the one doing it. I have someone helping me out. And I recognize there's some hypocrisy there um, and I own that, but I do genuinely believe in the work I put out. I really believe that these are good conversations to put out in the universe or whatever. And, um, I think that people who have a healthy relationship with social media will still take value out of the stuff I share, even if I'm not on social media. So there is this weird feeling of I'm kind of feeding into the problem itself while not being a part of it directly anymore, at least for this month. Um, but again, I, I just feel like this is the only way I could commit to doing the full 30 day detox is if I still had a way to share my information. and I hope people still take value from the work I do, and I still hope this reaches the people it needs to reach, and I I believe it will. That being said, also, if people have been DMing me on Instagram, there is someone else running my DMs right now. So if he is, um, I think he should be sending you guys to my email. That's just one little side note to be there. I am available via email still. So Yeah, it's been good. Nothing crazy yet. I've been more productive with my time. I've been reading more. My routine is better. I've been a little more creative. Um, But we're in a time when mental health issues have never been more common. Anxiousness, depression, feeling like less uh, are super common and things that I deal with. And I think a lot of the people in my circles uh, are definitely struggling with. And I know my relationship with technology has had a big part to do with this. So. I think it's important that we continue to challenge, you know, what is normal for the sake of our overall happiness. Like is it normal that Instagram and these tools that we love are just a part a huge part of our life? Is it normal that everybody you know is addicted to Instagram? Like I don't think so. Um and so I'm starting to try to question my relationship with these things that I have deemed as, you know, mixed benefits in, in order to regain autonomy in my life. So I'm excited to see how this experiment unfolds. I'll do an episode at the end of the month reflecting on how it went and how I moved to, or how I plan to move forward with this. I can't recommend you read Cal Newport's Digital Minimalism enough. Um such a good book. He's such a great writer. Um one of my favorites and and that's it. I really appreciate you guys listening to me rant about this digital uh, detox that I'm doing. I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of myself, which feels good. Um I normally say at the end of episodes, like reach out to me on Instagram, but I won't be on there. So, uh, but I will be online. I'm not off the grid or anything. So if you want, send me an email, mccoy.maxwell at gmail.com. I appreciate you guys listening to this solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a long time. So if I rambled on a little too long, I appreciate you sticking with me. Uh, I think these are valuable conversations to be had. I love you guys. Uh, I appreciate your guys' support with the podcast, with the brand, with the Instagram, with everything. Um, Thank you for lending your ear when it's a crowded space. I know that. So appreciate you guys. And I will, if not through email, I will talk to you guys in December and look out for posts to be posted. You know, I'll still be sharing. But from a desktop software where I can't see whether I'm getting likes or not, which is healthy for me. (laughs) All right. That's it. Digital Detox November. Join me if you'd like. Uh, I hope your mental health is still a priority for you like it is for me. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.